Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, my awesome guest is Colleen White, the mother of Derek White of the San Antonio Spurs. I love this story as he went from playing Division II basketball to recently signing four years at $73 million. I mean, his story is all about growth, belief, and determination, and we're going to talk about all of that today. So, Colleen, thank you and welcome to Courtside Moms. Thank you for having me, Wendy. Absolutely. So tell us, the one question that I want to know is from the beginning, who put the ball in Derek's hands? <laughs> um, it was definitely my husband, but, uh, you know, I, I encouraged it too, of course, because my husband loves sports and, you know, he couldn't wait to have a son. So, <laughs> you know, as soon as probably before he could do much else, it was sticking that ball in his hand for sure. Yeah, that's, I love that. That seems to always be the story with a lot of us, right? Our kids are playing or just loving the sport when they're teeny tiny. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when did he start playing organized basketball? He was four, I believe. Hmm. I know, you know, my dad was like, oh, he's too young. That's crazy. You know, they can't even do anything. But um, sure enough, we found a little league for him and and it was just adorable. You know how they are when they're four. That's the mm-hmm. perfect time. And, you know, he, he was probably maybe one of the better ones, you know. But um, it was just so cute watching them, you know, pass it to each other. And it smacks them in the face. And, <laughs> you know, those are the best times. That is so cute. And it is true. And they have no concept. All they know is that you have to get it in that round little hoop over there with the net. And... For me, I love watching that age because they do all the things, you know, traveling. They just carry the ball and run all across the court with it and just make the basket. And they're so proud. And I just love the innocence at that age when everything is like, oh, my gosh, I just made it. (laughs) That's when the when the NBA dreams start. Right. They're like, I made that basket. I have two points. So I'm going to be a pro. So (laughs) I like how excited everyone is. Yep. Of course, of course. That's his parents. We're in the we're we're screaming in the stands. Like my son just made two points in the wrong basket. Didn't matter. Doesn't <laughs> didn't matter. Very so true. yeah, yeah. So did he play AAU ball? He played a little bit of it, but um, as you know, a little bit about his story. But he was small when he was he was in freshman. He was like five six and mm-hmm. just scrawny. You know, looked like. He wasn't going to grow very tall, even though his dad is six too. But, you know, they'd look at him and be like, and he could play. I mean, he could definitely play. But um, he played a little bit in middle school, but he never was really on an AAU team. And, yeah. you know, his journey was way different than a lot of NBA players for sure. Oh, yes. Well, that's something that we're going to talk about today because I love his story, like I was saying before, he went from, you know what I mean, this kid that people didn't believe in into where he is now. So, and I was reading where he was small. He said, I was this tiny little small kid, <laughs> but there was some sort of thought that I'm going to grow all of a sudden, just like my dad, which he did. 
So yeah, he surpassed them. <laughs> yeah, you see, see, <laughs> sometimes yeah. it all it takes is patience and time. So move us to to high school. Talk to us about those years because he did play, I believe, at Legend. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Um, you know, again, he was small, so mm-hmm. um, we opted to not have him go to our neighborhood high school, the one he was supposed to. And Legend had just opened that year, mm-hmm. and they got a a good coach from what we had been told and. So we thought that might be a good situation for him since he was, you know, smaller anyway. And he was young too, you know, he, for, his, for his grade, he was young. So we thought he might do better at a school that's brand new where he's the older ones, not, not the youngest. So we open enrolled him there. And, you know, so it was a program of all freshmen. So. I think it was actually good for him, though. Yeah, of course, of course. So at that time, did you see college in college ball in his future when he was in high school? I don't remember at that time even thinking that much of it. I know he wanted to. I mean, that was yeah clear, you know, by that time. So he definitely wanted to. So we tried to put him in the best position to to make that happen, but. I think as a mom, you're always kind of in the back of your hand, trying, you know, ahead, trying to avoid that disappointment. Yes. So, you know, you got to get your grades, you got to do all the other things too, and not just focus totally on basketball. So. And, and you know what, that's very common because if we're not already in that industry, us as parents, then how could we be sold on the idea of professional mm-hmm. basketball or even NCAA? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So we don't think of those things. We're just like, oh, he's playing basketball. It's amazing, right? But how far do we go? Which we'll, we'll talk about a little later. So eventually he, of course, was thinking about college. So talk to us mm-hmm. about his recruitment because he didn't get any offers from any Division One schools at first. So he went to UCCS, UCCS which is a Division Two school. So share that process with us and run through his, his years. Yeah. He not only did he not get D1 opportunities, he really didn't get until the last minute, even in D2 opportunities. It was, my husband was sending out tapes to everybody, you know, going and visiting all the D2 schools in the area. And, you know, they were all kind of lukewarm to him and everything. So, he got an opportunity to go to um, Johnson and Wales to go to an open gym. And you may have heard the cooking school story a little bit, but yes. that's what Johnson and Wales is. And they do have a basketball team. So, you know, we didn't have a lot of offers or anything happening. So he went to the open gym and, you know, it was pretty obvious right away. It wasn't going to be a good fit for him at all. And, it does more than cooking at the school, but that's right. kind of their specialty, but just wasn't a good fit for him. The team, he played against them and he was already one of the better players. So I was like, eh, that's probably not going to happen. But the coach that was coaching there at the time ended up getting the job at UCCF. Hmm. So once he got the job, he thought of Derek and, you know, said, want to come down? So 
we went down and checked it out. We had already actually considered it. So went down and checked it out and um, he ended up basically being a walk-on. It wasn't mm-hmm. even really given a yeah. scholarship, but that was, he, but he did have the opportunity to play. So that's how he ended up there. So you were saying before that some of the schools were like lukewarm to him, but what were the reasons that they were giving you as to why they didn't see him fitting on their squad? I don't know that they even gave reasons. I think I didn't go with my husband on the trip, but Mm. just kind of, I think most coaches have it in their head, the type of player that they think they want or you know, for whatever reason, he didn't fit the mold. Mold, and I mean, he was—he had grown by then. He was probably six one, six two. So you know, he had grown. Yeah. He wasn't still that five ten one, and and he had you know gotten some accolades in high school and everything. But for whatever reason, they just weren't. He wasn't fitting their yeah their profile. So yeah, and and that is so true. A lot of players do face that where. The coaches just have one vision. They have that particular vision. And if you don't fit, you don't fit. There are sometimes, there isn't any explanation. Sometimes they're just like, sorry, it's not going to work. Thanks. And, and good luck to you. And sometimes as a parent, we just want to, we would appreciate the, the reason just so that we know, well, what can he improve on? If there is something to improve on or help us get somewhere else. And sometimes that's just not the case. So I love the fact that the coach at UCCS remembered him and said, you know what? I'm division two. Let's see what can happen there. And he stayed there. So Derek stayed there for three years before moving on. But tell us about those three years that he was there at UCCS. And what did that mean to him? Because now he had the opportunity to play. He was a starter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, they were originally even going to redshirt him at UCCS, which Mm -hmm. we thought was odd, but um but once they started to practice and everything I guess it was pretty obvious that he needed to play I mean I thought wow these players must be awesome and no offense to them mm-hmm. but you know I expected it to be this really good team if, if he wasn't good enough to play on them yeah you know so uh once he actually started he he ended ended up um being a starter once they gave him the opportunity and basically just kind of took off from there. He, he of course, um, got rookie of the year or freshman of the year, I guess it is, mm-hmm. this first year. So obviously had a pretty good year. They were a bad team though. They were so bad. So it was a trying year in that way. And then the next year and they improved. And then the third year they had won their, the RMAC, which is their, their league. And had gotten to the um, tournament, which was, you know, a huge step for the program. It had never happened before. Right. Should have been the league in DC, but, you know, politics got in the way. So, mm-hmm. but that's okay. So after three years, he went to University of Colorado and things began to change. Um, now people had more interest in him, but how did he get to go now? How did he leave division two and have the opportunity now to get to division one, which he's wanted to forever? Yeah. Oh yeah. He always wanted to do that. So um, it's just, he just kind of had the inkling that he had pretty much 
done everything he could do with Division Two, and he would like to, you know, explore the opportunities that he might have. So um, he asked for a release from his team, which was, you know, he felt bad about it. He didn't want to do it. He, you know, felt indebted to the program and to his coach and everything and his teammates and everything, but he just kind of felt like there was more out there that he had to explore. And so he got his release and then, you know, CU was the only one he really went to. There were a couple others that were interested, but yeah, he really liked CU and, you know, it wasn't far from home. So, you know, I guess the rest is history. So. <laughs> But that's good because you know what? He recognized that this is this is great, but I need more. I need something different. And the fact that he was loyal is awesome. But at one point, you really have to do what you have to do for yourself to put yourself in a position to do more. Maybe some people weren't, they didn't expect to move forward or to and play NCAA or NBA where Derek was like, you know what? I'm going to at least try. Let me put myself in a different position where people can actually see me. So right. now you went from UCCS to CU. Tell me about the CU games now. Yeah, I and mean, we didn't know what to expect <laughs> again. You know, I think, you know, we were just so excited to even have the opportunity, but I didn't really have any great expectations that, you know, oh, he's going to be, you know, even a starter, much less, you know, a star or anything. So um, it was all just kind of surreal, even to this day that, you know, and I think having that year, he had a retro for a year since he transferred. So I think having that year off to practice with them and get up to speed, yeah. you know, each level you go to the speed is, I think, the main factor. So I think that was very helpful. And um, by the time he actually got to play for them, he had the confidence and knew that he could play with them. So yeah, it was just crazy. It was like, you know, I'm excited just to watch him. And then boom, before you know it, he's like, you know, their best player. So that was crazy. Wow. See, and, and that happens over time. So it's good that he had that time to develop and really learn how to play division one, um, basketball, which is necessary. And you know what? It's great because it led him to his path where he is now. Yeah. So now he, people are looking at him and they're talking about him. I mean, he got an invitation to the NBA draft combine. So what was that like mm -hmm. now where they're like, wait a minute, they're inviting him to the combine. Like what was that like for, for you as mom and, and, and what was it for your family? Yeah, it was, again, the whole process was just unreal, especially when you had no expectations of that. I know many people that do get drafted, they, you know, were told that from high school, oh, you'll be drafted and everything. So we were just totally unprepared for it, I guess, but, you know, excited, of course. And we knew... I mean, I think the whole process, picking the right agent and everything, I think is important because you want to make sure you're, you know, making yourself look the best you can and put yourself in the best opportunity to, to get invited to the combine. Because, yeah, we knew that was key. If you got invited, that was, 
you know, of course you want to look good once you get there too, but that was, you know, a huge step. So you said that you, um, an agent is very important at that point, which is absolutely true. But did you have other people that were in your mix that were guiding you and saying, hey, I could be a resource and I could share things with you to help him? And sometimes it's not necessarily helpful, but did, <laughs> so did oh, you have, oh yeah, yeah. So did yeah. you have people that all of a sudden just knew so much about the basketball game and so much about getting your son to the NBA. Um, I'm, and I'm, I'm saying not the agent because the agent obviously is. I'm talking about the outside people. Where did you have that where everybody was just like, yes, yes, Colleen, this is what you need to do? Yeah, for sure. I think all of his coaches certainly have some input. and But I think you have to kind of be careful with that too because sometimes too much input is yes. too much. But uh, we definitely, his, the trainer that he's worked with for many years was very helpful in that. So he was, he kind of vetted all the, um, the agents that we spoke to and he coordinated a lot of it. I mean, we were deeply indebted to him because he knows basketball. He could, yeah. he could um, probably do the whole process himself if, if he wanted to, but he coached at um, DU also. So he was, you know, had a lot of experience. He has a lot of contacts in the NBA. So that was huge for sure. So I like how you said that he vetted, you know what I mean? The agents and a lot of parents don't do that. A lot of people don't no. know to do that. So an agent approaches and you're so excited and you're like, okay, I'm hiring you. You know what I mean? And that shouldn't be. So parents, please know you have to Call the NBA, call the Players Association and say, listen, this is the agent who's approaching me. And what, do, what should we do? Ask questions because that is, yeah, that could be the cost of your, your child's career, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, the trainer that went with him to Portsmouth, which we yeah. went to too. And Derek hadn't quite signed with an agent yet. And he said that literally once the games were over, the agents were jumping over, you know, to get into those, all the players' faces. It was like this horde of agents coming towards them. And he's like, oh my gosh, these kids are not prepared for that, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely good to have somebody that knows what they're doing in your corner. Well, they're kids. What do they know? They just know like, wait, I can play. And this guy thinks I can play too, mom. So meet him and you're like, mm, yeah. hold on a second. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's a tough process, right? So this is why I like to speak to it because I want listeners to understand like really the things that we go through or the things that sometimes we learn as we go along because it's very important. So closer to the draft, Derek was projected to go late first round, then second round, possibly mm -hmm. undrafted. I mean, I can imagine the emotions as I went through them as well. So what were your thoughts about this whole process then? And did he consider another avenue of playing professional basketball if draft night didn't go in your favor? Um, yeah, it was the same kind of thing where, you know, the hype was building, but like you say, it could have been, yeah, sure, you could be, you know, late first round, but yeah, again, you could be not drafted. So yeah. um, kind of wanted... I guess he had the option going to New York, but I don't know. It didn't seem like a something he wanted to do. So we didn't do the New York trip. 
Um, so we just decided to have a get together. And luckily we have friends that had a beautiful house that they offered to us. So we didn't even really call it a draft party. We said he had just graduated college. And um, so we called it, let's come celebrate Derek, his graduation and wish him well on things to come. I mean, everybody knew it was a draft party. But just because you never know, we didn't actually call it that. So, so yeah, the anticipation was just tremendous. And, you know, you're so nervous but excited, but mostly nervous. And you just want the best for him. And, you, and I mean, as a mom, you just don't want that devastation yeah. if it didn't happen. So. Oh, yeah. But you're sitting there amongst family, friends, um, Derek sitting there in his sharp blue suit waiting. So my, <laughs> and then the phone rings. Tell me about that phone call. First of all, who answered? Was it Derek? Was it your husband? Was it you? Like who got that phone call? He did. Derek did. So yeah, he was just sitting there and all of a sudden he answers the phone, you know, and we're all like in this theater room, just, you know, tensions building and and all of a sudden he answers the phone and, you know, he was trying to be kind of sly about it, but then he's like, you know, those um, spurs are going to take me, you know, we knew they were coming up next or something. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it was crazy. And I did not trust it until I actually saw it on the TV though, you know, it was like, and then there was like a trade they announced right away or something when they come back finally from the commercial and then they're yeah. like, oh, the Spurs pick is in, and they're like, but we have a trade to announce, and you're just like dying, so, you know, when it finally happened, it was, of course, unbelievable, so. So he was chosen 29th, and he finally completed the first step to where he wanted to be. Yeah. When you saw him for the first time in his number four jersey, what did that mean to you? Yeah, that was awesome. Just, I mean, everybody wants their kids' dream to come true. And, and um, you know, even though it was unrealistic at the time, mm -hmm. you know, so I could never, like, let myself believe it when it actually happens. Yeah, it's still just kind of like a dream. And even today, I, I have to kind of stop myself and say, wow, we're watching our kid play on TV. <laughs> it's just it's like the dream you think you're gonna wake up from but you're glad you're done so yeah yeah absolutely yeah you know what I remember seeing my son for the first time you know I mean his NBA journey after him coming from overseas I, do, I don't know what I didn't know how to feel you know yeah. what I mean? Cause you sit there and you're like, should I feel and say, I told you so everybody he's an NBA player. Or do you sit like, Oh my God, he's an NBA player. I had no idea how to feel. I mean, by the end of the game, I had no voice, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I literally sat there like, Oh my God, this is actually happening. Like I'm sitting at an NBA game. I've seen NBA games before, but this is different. Now I'm coming to watch my son play. I'm not actually watching the game with my son. Like right. he invited me to watch him play, right? Yeah. So it's so different, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy even to this day. Uh... So raising our kids as athletes can be so fast paced. 
And sometimes we don't see the years go by as we're running from one practice to the next. We're driving long distances to games. We're doing homework on the road, changing our vacation time to accommodate these games. <laughs> so he's, yeah, yeah. So Derek's yeah. been playing since 2017. But I mean, we were just talking about that, but has that really sunk in yet? Like, have you had the, has Colleen had the opportunity now to slow down and just realize the fact that, wait a minute, hold on. Like, this is, this is real. This is true. Like all my hard work and my husband's hard work and Derek's hard work, it's, it's, it's where we are now. It's paid off. Like, has that really, have you really had that opportunity to stop and really just say, wait a minute, this is, this has actually happened. I think it finally started to sink in, but I know exactly what you mean. It's just still like, this is so weird. This is, you know, what's happening. So I think finally I'm starting to realize too that, you know, this isn't forever either. So to just soak it in and, and make sure you do appreciate the moment and not like you say, everything just flies by so fast. I mean, I swear we just had these kids, so you know, yeah, don't want to let that moment slip away either. Um, so try to appreciate every opportunity that you have to watch them. Um, <laughs> so, I always I just think of this all the time because we've raised our kids, you know, Ravid, and now they're adults. So, minus him being a player. Do you appreciate now that he's an adult? He's living on his own. He has his own cars. He pays his own bills. Like, <laughs> like do you know, you... we say that part. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you don't have to run to the mailbox and say, oh my God, let me go send him money anymore. You know what I mean? I just, I just love that feeling. I really do. And I laugh about it with my son all the time. Like we really oh, do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like, Oh, I don't have to send you money so you can eat your ramen noodles or whatever you ate at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you see him differently now that he's an adult? Yeah, I guess so. I, like you say, you're, um, you know, proud of them for being able to pay their own bills and, you know, taking care of everything. He's got married last summer and, nice. you know, so it's like, Wow, he really is. I mean, it's kind of like realizing, wow, he never really is going to come back home and live here, is he? You know, because yeah. I think at the back of your mind, you're always thinking, well, maybe he'll come back, you know, and, you know, not realistically, but, but yeah, it's so nice that they're, you know, living on their own. They're able to provide for themselves and their families. And I think that's what we all want as moms for sure. Yeah. Well, you have to tell him you, you can't come back, Derek. Your mom's your your room now is my office. So <laughs> I told him that I finally had to yeah. get rid of all your stuff and well, most of it. I'm still working on it, but yeah, because he finally moved into a house last year, so you're able to box up all the stuff and bring it down to him. So now I have to figure out what to do with this room and make it my own. Huh? There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. So being a parent of a professional basketball player can be so much fun. I created this platform as a way to share my stories and others. Mm-hmm. And also as a way to meet parents that I can relate to. Have you ever shared your story with other Spurs parents? And have they ever shared theirs with you? 
Not, no, not to this extent. There, um, because we don't live in San Antonio, we, yeah. we don't go to very many. Um, I've met a couple of them, yeah, but it's, as you probably know, it's just different <laughs> when you're all, for one thing, the stress of the game and everything. And now, especially with the, the pandemic, yeah. like we missed all of last year with games and then um, that we could go to, you know, so. And then this year, they don't do like the gathering or anything beforehand. So right. I met a couple of them and I would like to get to know them a little better because I think everybody does, you know, have that common realizing the stress of it too that it's not just yay I get to watch him it's like um, everybody around me is dreaming about him and saying bad things about him you know I mean even if you're especially we'll go to the games here in Denver and you know the people the fans are not very nice to the opposing team of course but even San Antonio you kind of have to you know block everybody out don't you Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm you know what? And that's so true. Sometimes we go to games and they sometimes people reel in and they don't really have anything nice to say. And you know what? We just have to sit back and try, and I say try, <laughs> just to block the noise and ignore because there's been a couple times I wanted to get up, you know, what I mean? and just like pardon, say that again, you know what I mean? Because some people are just and then you have fans that are absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we must remember, who cares? Oh, yeah. You and just paid to come see them play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And most of them are good, even in the yeah. opposing stadium. But, but yeah, you can't let a few jerks ruin it for you. So now, prior to... Derek playing basketball at higher levels. Did you and your husband know anything about basketball and how to get him to the next level? I did not know anything about basketball. Yeah. Personally, no, I didn't know. My family is a football family. And I don't even remember watching basketball growing up. So when I got together with him, I remember he would love the NBA and I, I could just hear the squeak, squeak, squeak of the shoes the whole time and I'm like ew but I obviously have to learn to like it but I think he he is definitely a sports nerd and um once Derek started you know picked up basketball was his sport he he was the one researching everything I'm sure he could tell you every little detail mm -hmm. about everything and so he was definitely instrumental too in getting in there so I probably don't get that much credit but that's okay of course you should get credit. We're moms. Absolutely. I mean, our roles are different. And to me, in my opinion, and I think every athlete still needs that nurture behind them. People just think that, oh, you need that sport parent. You need that. No, that's not true. Because before he's an athlete, he's still someone's child. Exactly. You know what I mean? So our kids do come to us and they do ask us questions and everything to me that we give them is helping them grow. It's knowledge. Even sometimes I always say mm -hmm. useless knowledge is knowledge just the same. So mm -hmm. people think that our lives as parents 
instantaneously change once our kids make it to the NBA. Do you agree with me that that is not always the case? A hundred percent. I mean, did it change a little bit, a little, but not really. No, I guess you don't know what to expect. But yeah. no, I mean, I still have the same job, same house, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, I was thinking like, I still go to work. I cook dinner. I attend my same activities. So what has changed? I'm still Wendy and you're still calling and you're still doing you. Yeah. Right. Which is good because, yeah, it's beautiful. you know, that's how we should be. But I know that some people would say just like, oh, you're still working mm-hmm. or you're still living here, you know, because I think they yeah. do expect you at least to move there. And our opinion is the minute we move there, he'll be traded. So. No, see, <laughs> you know, stay where you're at. Know. Stay where you're at. Yeah, and I, as much as I like watching them in person, I do think because you have your life still, it would be hard to go to what is that, forty-one games at least at home. You know, so yeah, yeah. you know, I I don't appreciate when people say things like that either. They're like, "You still live here?" I'm like, "I like it here. I bought it. Like, what you mean? Like." <laughs> Am I still living here? Yes, I like it here. Or, you know what I mean? And like you said, they have this expectation. So, and as I've said in a few episodes, it doesn't change us. It changes everybody else around us. They expect, you know what I mean? All of a sudden you, you have this two pools and a basketball court and a tennis court and you're, you know what I mean? And, and, right. and you have all of a sudden your husband's driving like a Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> I just dated myself. And <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? But it's just crazy where people just think that we have to change because our kids' situations change. I mean, mm-hmm. if Derek became a lawyer, would you change? Would your life change? Would people come to you and expect your life to change? So why is it because he's a professional athlete where they just expect us to, you know what I mean? You should be opening, entering your door in a ball gown <laughs> when people come. <laughs> so so I, I'm, I'm happy that you're saying, no, it, it doesn't necessarily change at all. We are still who we are. You're still Derek's mom and you're always going to be Derek's mom. And you're always going to be that one to look after him, irregardless of his situation. And that one who's always going to be that voice of reason for him. So no, we don't change. So. Uh, no, no. And I, I think some people do, but I think um, the situation for most people, yeah, you're just, yeah, like you say, if they become a lawyer, an architect or whatever, yeah, you know, your life doesn't change. No, no. And nor should it, right? No. I mean, people expect us to live through our kids. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I, I was there before my son. I created him. So I'm not understanding why things should change. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, very true. In the past, people were not sold into the idea that um, Derek could be an NCAA player or be NBA material. When you see him now, what would you like to say to those non-believers? About that they doubted him, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I would just say, look at him now. I mean, he worked hard, he put the work in, and yeah, that speaks for itself, huh? Absolutely. Like my son was told when he first started playing basketball, um, he was told by his coach, you're uncoachable. 
and you're you're just not listening and you're not going to go anywhere mm-hmm. and to this day i want to find him <laughs> just send him a christmas card <laughs> because mm-hmm. to me that is just so wrong at every level to say that to a kid first of all yeah because i, I especially and at that time my son's thought wasn't to play NBA he was just like I don't know everybody told me that I'm great so let me try this out and here you have this person so that's why I was asking you about the non-believers like what's that message you want to give to them so I love it and 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 it doesn't have to be a negative um message they can just see see this is where he is so Mm -hmm. for you it's like this is where Derek is yeah, because you're right. I can totally think of, you know, people in his past that try to derail him for whatever reason. And yeah, and, and you think you kind of want to go punch him out. But yeah, it's actually like, you know, his success and whether he made it to NBA or not, you know, he's still a successful and he's a good person. And that's what's important. And that you, you, it's funny, you kind of let go of that pettiness, but mm-hmm. there is that part of you that's like, hmm. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and you know you're like and <laughs> yeah you know definitely and I think they probably use that your son too will probably use that as motivation to keep going and but yeah. that can crush a lot of kids so that's yeah. too bad that that happens well our kids are there to prove that you know what you don't have to believe in our dreams. We do. And that's all that matters. And that is true. Nobody cares about anybody else's opinion. Think what you want. That's wonderful. You think that I can't do it, but I think I can. So I'm just going to go do it. And that's it. Right. So, And not to get, <laughs> let our fear of disappointment, you know, or their disappointment get in the way of their success too. Cause you know, I can even see that a little bit in myself, you know, like, you know, I'm so proud of them for wanting to do that because, I could see where you might want to not try because you wouldn't want to be disappointed. So it's so much better to to give it your all, even if you fail. At least you know you did it. You know you took the leap. And I think we as mothers sometimes want to say, "Oh, I don't want you to be disappointed." So why don't you go be an accountant or something like that? You know, instead of yeah. encouraging their dreams. So kind of that fine line there. Absolutely. Which this actually brings me to my next question. So there's many different elephants. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there are many different elements that make up a good basketball player. As mom, what do you think that you've instilled in him that has helped him be a good basketball player? Uh, definitely hard work. You know, no matter what you do, if you work hard at it, um, integrity, you know, got to believe, got to do the right thing. And um perseverance I mean I think you have to have so many um qualities but I think down deep you just have to be a good person treat yourself find what you love no matter what it is and you know hard work I think everything in life comes back to hard work if it's worth working for you know you'll eventually get your reward yeah Absolutely. What type of impact do you think that Derek has on the underrated and the overlooked amateur players who dream of becoming a basketball player, a professional basketball player? I hope that inspires them to never give up and and 
because he is the textbook. And then there's the other people out there too that, you know, no matter what somebody says about you, it's all about what you do. And, you know, you kind of have to trust the path. You have to have faith. And I think, I hope it does inspire the young ones, even if it's not to get to the MBA, but it's to get to whatever level, maybe to get to college, to get to, you know, in other areas of life too, just to have that career you dreamed of. Maybe you'd like to be a doctor, but you think, no, I can't do that. Well, of course you can. You can put your mind to anything. You can do it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So if a parent of an amateur player were to come to you mm-hmm. and say, listen, Colleen, I see where your son um, is now. My child would love to entertain this avenue and get into the basketball industry. What would be something or maybe the first thing that you would tell them that they should do? I would tell them to, number one, support them as much as you can. And also to let others teach them. Don't I think so many times we think, oh, I know everything and oh, don't listen to that coach or don't listen to that trainer or whatever. And I think if you let the people that know what they're doing actually do it instead of us always getting involved and us defending them. And I think so many parents do that. They try to get kind of maybe think too highly of their son or daughter, you know, and that make them think they don't have to work on something. I think if you find people that you trust that can lead you in the right direction, that's the key. So, mm-hmm. and have them listen mm-hmm. to it, be coachable, be, be willing to learn, be willing to take criticism and, and work on it. Sometimes I think that should be the parents, be coachable, <laughs> learn to listen, right? Not the players, the parents, because you're absolutely right. There's a lot of parents that figure, I know my son or my daughter better than everybody else. Million percent. Mm -hmm. But you don't know your son or daughter in a basketball situation because you're not a coach. So how would you know what to see or what support? You know what I mean? So you have a lot of parents out there that mean well, but they feel because it's their child that Mm -hmm. they know how that child would be or react in a situation. And I was like, but they've never been in that situation before. So how would you know? And when you run interference as a parent, you know, sometimes it can really, I, I want to say destroy, but really get in the way. For in sure. what you're in the end goal of what your child is, is trying to do or what the, this hired individual is mm-hmm. there to do for your son or daughter. Yeah. Let them be the coach or the, trainer or whoever. So yeah, right. I, I like that you said that because it, it's your, your million percent correct. Yeah. So make sure it's, it's their dream, not your dream. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Stop living vicariously through your kids. <laughs> if you want to be a basketball player, then you know what? Join the team. <laughs> There's links for everyone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that. So everyone's journey is different. If you had a chance, though, to change something and do that differently, would you? No, absolutely not. I think, I mean, obviously he he made it to the the top of his game, but yeah, I think, I think his journey is 
really what got him there. I think if he had been this highly sought after player, you know, in junior high school or something, I don't think he would have had the motivation that he needed to put in the hard work. I think sometimes they're like, oh, I'm going to be drafted anyway, so I'm done. And, you know, he was never done. And I mean, still isn't done. So, yeah, I wouldn't change it. I don't think he would either. I mean, it was a hard road, but it's the end result that matters. So, Absolutely. And you know what? You have a story to tell. Yeah. And that's what's important, right? You know what I mean? It's it's to me telling a story of, oh, I was great and I made it to the league. To me, that doesn't impress me. When you say this is what I had to do. I was so tiny <laughs> and I was like 50 pounds wet. Right. And now I am in the NBA and I'm doing what I always said that I wanted to do because I never stopped believing that's all he saw for himself and everybody else, you know, the, the, these people that we entrust and say, oh, you're a coach, but you don't see what we see. That's okay. There's someone else that's going to see it. And for me, I love the fact that, that Derek saw that and yourself and your husband like, okay, well, we're riding along this, this, this wave too. And we're going to see where it goes as opposed to being that parent, just cut it off and say, don't, don't be foolish. You're, you're, you're five foot. You'll never make it to the league. It's like, what? So I love that you guys stuck it through. Yeah. So to conclude, tell us, what is it like being the courtside mom to Derek White? It's an honor to be, and like I said before, the fact that he's a good person is what I'm most proud about. His success in the NBA is, is, a vehicle for him to use being a good person to help others. So that's what I'll hang my hat on. As long as he's a good person at the end of the day, you know, he can be any career he wants. So. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing your story and teaching us more about your son. It's so important that people know who really the players are from our perspective, because it's completely different than what they know, Derek, the athlete. We need people to know Derek, Derek, the Derek, the son exactly. <laughs> who, who turned into an athlete, right? right? So it would be with the help of his parents. So Absolutely. thank you so much for coming on Courtside Moms and spending some time with me. And I ask that you keep in touch. Yeah, it was great talking to you. It was nice to have that yes. common bond, for sure. Absolutely. And listen, we're moms always here, always here. You have a conversation that you want to run by. Give us, give me a call because this yeah. is what we do, right? You know what I mean? Like, I may one day have a question about your journey again. Say, hold on a second. Because... <laughs> My son, too, well, he went undrafted. So you have this position where my son, he didn't like basketball, then he played. And then moving forward, he was like, I don't want to do this. But he ended up doing it. And then he just excelled and then went undrafted. Wow. So, yes. So you have this kid who's like the high, 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 and then he has the lows. And here your son was building. You know what I mean? He started low and he got higher and higher and higher. And it's, oh, it actually does happen. 
So for me, sharing these stories, it makes me wonder like, wow. And it's helping me now be able to share that with other parents that I speak to and say, hey, well, I don't understand what my son could do. Well, did you hear Derek White's story? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's really important. So thank you for sharing. Colin. Yeah, thank you. Nice chat with you. Done, baby. I do it naturally. Whoa, whoa.